0: Yeah, I, I never imagined selling my art or doing it as a business. At that point, I just loved it, knew I wanted to do something that had to do with art, probably assumed that I would go back and get a teaching degree if that's how it was going to go. And so, uh, just one thing at a time, that's, that's what I did.
1: Hey, Al Anderson, welcome to episode 128 of the Kamena Voice. Today, I'm here with the featured Artist of the Month for February... Please welcome Allison Lewis. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camano Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camano Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome back to another episode of the Kamino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. Uh, how's your guys' week going? I hope it's going well. Uh, we've been having great sunny weather here over the last week, so um, I'm getting used to it, which is always a dangerous thing because <laughs> then, then the rain comes right back. So, um, yeah, and uh, I hope you guys, this is coming out. Actually, this is coming out. Da, 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 da. Uh, middle of Glass Quest week if you guys are part or aware of GlassQuest, uh, this is in 2022 so for those future listeners of, of this podcast, all three of you. Um, uh, yeah so it's of course a crazy week and um, exciting. there's lots of people running around people that are here um, on vacation uh, that you know travel out here for this this event. Uh, if you haven't heard of GlassQuest, Quest it's when people find these plastic clue balls. And if you find one, then you get one of the Unlimited, the, uh, not unlimited, the Limited Glass Quest balls, which are blown glass by um, uh, uh, Mark and Marcus Ellinger. uh, And they just do a great job. There's actually an episode of that. So you go back and listen to that. Um, Anyways, crazy times here uh, on Kamano Island in Stanwood. Happens every February. So if you haven't done it before, you should uh, come out and try it. Um, And we have a beautiful week, it looks like, for this Glass Quest. So um, I hope that the weather doesn't prove me wrong here. Um, Anyways, enough on Glass Quest. Today I interview Allison Lewis, who is the uh, featured artist of the month for the February of 2022. Um, So she's going to be up here in the loft. Uh, She's got her art on display. Uh, So be sure to come up and check it out. Um, I've been able to actually check out the display since it's up. And uh, it's so cool. Um, the, the style of art, like what she was describes in the podcast makes a lot more sense now. And uh, it's very unique. Um, I, I think it's really cool. And you guys are really going to enjoy coming up and checking it out. Um, and I love, I love interviewing artists and finding out their artist journey and how do they get to where they are. Um, and um, so you'll see throughout this podcast just kind of the, this, this journey that she takes to become an artist and, and then um you know at points along her life and even now sometimes she's like i can't believe i'm an artist (laughs) um and then i am okay calling myself that and so uh it's really cool to be able to see that um she's actually out of Kashmir, so a little bit farther away from here um but uh we're glad that we were that lydia was able to get her in the loft and so yeah without further ado here's my conversation with allison lewis Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Kamana Voice. Today, I'm here with the Featured Artist of the Month in the Loft for February. Welcome to the podcast, Allison Lewis.
0: Thank you for having
1: me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Allison.
0: Sure. So I am from Cashmere, uh, Washington, which is on the other side of the mountains, and I grew up in East Wenatchee. If anyone has heard of the little Bavarian town of Leavenworth over on the other side. Pretty big tourist destination (laughs) around Christmas time. So I'm about 10 minutes away from there and grew up in a town over from that also. And yeah, I'm married, have four kids, um, school age, and yeah, we love it over there. Nice.
1: Very cool. Um, So you grew up over there. What was that like growing up uh, over there for you?
0: Uh, It was a great childhood. I'm really thankful. It was... lot smaller than, or it feels like it was a lot smaller to me um there were so many more orchards it's a pretty used to be more agricultural has uh, a lot of the orchards have left and more businesses moved in but um it's still kind of known as the apple capital of the world I don't know if you've heard of heard of that around Wenatchee um I grew up kind of in a house surrounded by orchards so that was pretty special small town feel um yeah just appreciating nature and going on hikes a lot and um, my parents really just encouraged being out in nature and and doing artistic, any kind of endeavor I had. I was really thankful to be supported that way in, in the arts. So, yeah.
1: Nice. So, <clears throat> uh, growing up in the orchard and stuff, like, as kids, would you guys, do you guys get, uh, were you able to kind of, like, run through the orchards and, and hang out throughout them? Or are they pretty well-guarded?
0: Oh sure, yeah it was it was easy to run through. We did, we by no means were we were running them. We just lived right next to them. But yeah, it was pretty low key. We could we could run through them, pick cherries in the summer. They'd let us do that. That was pretty sweet.
1: That's great. So did you work the fields and stuff like that once you got old enough?
0: Um, in high school, I worked in a warehouse one time. Okay, so sorting cherries. Okay. In the summer. That's kind of the thing thing to do in high school for sure. a Summer job. So. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of my friends did that. I'm really thankful for knowing a little bit more about how that whole industry and, um, yeah, agriculture works in, in Wenatchee. So nice, I'm thankful for that.
1: And I'm now just remembering, is Kashmir where, uh, Applets and Cutlets was at? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Cool. So what was Thanks. that like growing up in that area for, what, did you guys visit there a lot or was that something that came up a lot?
0: Actually, no, it was such, it was a really, well, I guess it's still a really small town, but for some reason I just we never went out there much um growing up and I think as Leavenworth's gotten more tourist mm-hmm. destination, I think Cashmere is kind of along that that line, I guess. And yeah, Appleton Cotlas we'd go out there once in a while for okay. that. But um yeah, we've been in our house seventeen years, I think. Wow. So it's we've seen Cashmere grow quite a bit. It's a really sweet place to raise a family. I'm really thankful. So yeah. a lot of orchards still there. So yeah. they kind of have left the Wenatchee area and thankfully there's still a lot in Kashmir. So that's how I, I get a lot of inspiration from looking out at the orchards and the mountains around. Nice.
1: So. Yeah, I remember um, when we had some of the forest fires and things like that over the last, well, five to ten years, there's been some crazy ones that have just devastated orchards and For sure. Some, you know, even the like mm-hmm. warehouses and stuff like that. Like it was crazy when we were driving back one time seeing all the different places.
0: Definitely so. it's been pretty crazy the last few years with fires. I don't remember that growing up yeah. at all. But it's yeah, that's been quite a quite a feat the last few years to get through that. Yeah. <laughs> Every summer it seems like people hold their breath about whether there are gonna be forest fires coming through. So
1: Yeah. No, it's definitely um <clears throat> it is one of those things, uh, that feels like growing up I didn't remember hearing that many like I can't think of any like major, major ones, um, at least growing up that were right. Like, that would hit that often. And now it is, it's like every year it feels like there's another big round and, um, I'm always like, there can't be that much more to burn because it just <laughs> burned through. But, um, yeah. So, it is
0: pretty amazing.
1: So, um, very cool. So then, um, you grew up in, uh, uh East Wenatchee. Then, um, did you guys go to Leavenworth a lot growing up? Or, like, that area, like, through hikes and stuff like that?
0: Uh, We just hiked various places around the northwest, not usually directly in the area. We'd go to Idaho or um, the west side or up in Canada a bit or not a whole lot, but we did camping trips and hiking and whatnot. So, yes, probably Leavenworth. uh, That was – it wasn't too big of a tourist destination at all. We'd go up there, you know, once or twice a summer. When friends visit, that's where you take them. But – yeah, it was nothing like it is now. It's, yeah, it's another world now. <laughs>
1: yeah, so because Leavenworth, if I'm correct, it kind of was more of a um, like it was a small touristy-ish town, but mm-hmm. more hodgepodge and not as like definitely put together. Did you guys get to kind of see that transformation of when they came through and they were like, all right, let's make this our theme and and all of that.
0: Uh, well, I think it's always been a Bavarian theme. They okay. built on that, I believe, in the late, late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's always been that theme. But I think it's definitely grown a hundred times more commercial. And they've really done a classy job, I feel like, yeah. of uh, creating that atmosphere. But it's, <clears throat> it's beautiful. Yeah. I, yeah, I do love living by there.
1: Yeah. Well, the, uh, the times um, as a kid when I went to Leavenworth... I always felt like it feels like you're walking into, and this might come out as a negative, but like feels like you're walking into like a Christmas Hallmark movie. Like uh-huh. it's exactly <laughs> what you would picture their town to feel like. It um, is. And uh, so I just like, there's the skiing hill, there's snow on the ground, there's everything is decorated like perfectly. Uh-huh. Um, so I always loved going visiting there during the Christmas time.
0: Definitely.
1: Um, so, and it wasn't until I was uh, in college that We actually went there during the summer, and I was like, "Oh, there's stuff to do here during the summer. I didn't know that,
0: oh yeah, year round for sure, there's never yeah. a break in in crowds. It seems like if I have to run errands up there or do something in Leavenworth, it's just always busy, and that you know the locals don't appreciate that <laughs> as much, but I still I think it's beautiful the only the hardest part is parking. there's really not much parking at all, so right busier it gets in the bottleneck streets, but yeah, I can understand why people want to come over so. yeah,
1: very yeah. cool. All right. So then um, you went to school and did you, were you homeschooled or were you did you go to public school over there?
0: I went to public school mm-hmm, okay. and went to Whitworth for two years. And then uh, trans- I was a music ed major and decided, took one art class. And I'd always loved art growing up and being in that, but didn't have a lot of chance in high school to study that. You only have a, ma- a certain amount of electives. And mm-hmm. so I didn't try art class much until college and just fell in love with it, knew I needed, wanted to do that, and then transferred to University of Washington for the rest of college to get a BA in visual arts. And okay. super thankful again for parents that didn't think I was crazy <laughs> to get an art major uh, when I didn't know what I wanted to do with that. And um, I, it's okay if I keep going yeah, on this. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I never imagined selling my art or doing it as a business. At, at that point, I just loved it, knew I'd, wanted to do something that had to do with art probably assumed that I would go back and get a teaching degree if that's how it was going to go. And so, uh, just one thing at a time. That's, that's what I did. Um, I think I'm answering your question. And after college, um, I got married to my husband, moved back to the area that we're in now. And, um, yeah, I did get a teaching degree, but never ended up using that right away. Just had kids. So put art on the back burner and, so that's, that's the story there. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, um, so you, you graduated and then got married pretty soon after then.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep.
1: So then, um, was it something where like, were you guys waiting to like maybe have kids and try and take that farther or did kids just happen right away? And it was kind of like, all right, we're going to just put this on the back burner.
0: Uh, we, I think we, we had been married five years, four or five years. So, yeah, I, I worked at a junior high, actually, as a piano accompanist for a couple of years. Okay. And then, then went back to school and got my teaching degree. And then by that point, I was subbing a bit, and then we started having a family, so.
1: Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, um, as you went, uh, and then as your kids got older, when did you start kind of picking up uh, art again?
0: Right. So, we had them at home, and I stayed home with the kids till just about three years ago, I think. And then just, I I can't even pinpoint exactly when, but just started doing art more and re, redid my studio in our house. We just have a room set up for that. And I um, got to rework some things in there and reorganize, started spending more time in there, inviting the kids in to do art with me. And um, it was getting a little easier because they were getting older and uh, could do more on their own. So I just had more time to do that. And once they... Uh, had just a series of inspiration, trying new media and trying uh, this watercolor mixed media process I got into, and other other things, um, and having more time. And the kids ended up going to public school, so that just opened up time to pursue it as a business. Yeah. So yeah, I just started creating and then for fun, put it on social media and people started wanting to buy it. And then I thought, oh, this could be a thing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, just started that business a couple years ago with, with my husband. So.
1: Very cool. So when you started getting back into it, um, what, did everything kind of come back pretty easily and stuff? <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I don't think, I think creating, you know, all your life just, it's just, part of who you are whether you're picking it up or not so i guess like riding a bike definitely um and picking it up again i guess things that i had read and different artists that i followed and just um changing as a person i wanted to explore different mediums and styles and just found that i really enjoyed more abstract painting and okay um just breaking personally for me i think growing up uh I guess the goal more creating something that looks like something else or photorealism or that the goal is to um, just from where I had studied and where I'd come from, that that was more, I guess, valued and I hadn't Mm -hmm. pursued the abstract side of things. And so just in a different spot in life and feeling more freedom to explore and um, experiment with different artistic medium and style. And so, Yes, I think I'm getting off track. What, were, no, what was your good. question? <laughs> so, um,
1: well, that actually makes me wonder. So like what was, how did you kind of determine, I guess back in college, what was kind of your medium that you were utilizing there? And then how has that changed?
0: Sure. So in college, my BA was in figure drawing um, and more Conti charcoal uh, drawing, that kind of thing. And just started playing with watercolor mixed media process. And I loved printmaking in college, but I never pursued that, and I think that kind of plays into my landscape style and different things I'm doing now with mixed media. It has like printmaking influence, even though I'm not using that process, but it kind of informs the one I'm using now. So
1: Okay. what um, For our listeners and myself, what is the print form media? What's that kind of – what oh, does print that mean? Printmaking? Print print printmaking,
0: yes. Oh, well, there are many different types of printmaking, but the ones that I practice think are mono printing and you just make a singular um, design out of different um, mediums and run a plate through and it has one um, one print that you come out with or a linoleum cut or a wood block print that you carve into the rubber or the wood and material and then you lay paper over it, with you rub the ink on it um, with different tools and then lay the paper, and you run it through a press or um, uh, create a print that way and peeling the paper off. Okay. And you'll see a lot of cards and prints now. Probably you'll be able to tell their distinct, fine, crisp lines, usually in woodblock prints or linoleum-cut prints. Um, And so that just fascinated me. And uh, opposite process is what I do in mine where I apply a glue-type, medium and then watercolor over that. And then when I remove the glue medium, it has the same crisp lines in there that can look similar to printmaking, but okay. it's the opposite process of applying something and removing it. So.
1: Okay. Very cool. How did you kind of come across that, that type or style?
0: Um, I honestly have never seen that before. I was just in the art store picking up supplies and just grabbed this, uh, this glue medium. And I just, had an idea in mind. I hadn't seen anybody do that. So I honestly don't know if <laughs> if many people are doing that, but just playing with the mediums. Yeah.
1: So. Very cool. So then, um, so walk us through a little bit of that process of what that uh, creating a piece looks like for you.
0: Uh, usually I have landscapes in mind that I just either hike to or that just inspire me. I try to only paint a piece that I've been to and experienced. Uh so take a photograph or just go to the place and um have take pictures there on site and then bring them back to my studio and uh sometimes I'll draw it out first uh, small scale or I'll just start in on a piece and paint that with the glue medium and let it dry and then watercolor paint around it and then let that dry and then remove move the glue and sometimes I'll go back with different color and medium on top of that so okay if that's what you're asking yeah, yeah
1: that's very cool so are you what are you um I guess what are you gluing to is it that like a canvas or is oh it I'm a... sorry
0: watercolor paper okay
1: watercolor paper got mm-hmm. it okay and the glue doesn't damage the paper as it is removed or
0: um sometimes it's tricky process to remove oh, it wait, without <laughs> pulling it pulling it out way but different tools to remove it um, yeah different special erasers or yeah
1: very cool. Jeez. It sounds very stressful to me. I'd be like, <laughs> after you've done all this other stuff, then you're like, okay, now slowly remove the paper, the glue part.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sturdy, specific watercolor paper, too. It's not just normal, thin water, watercolor
1: okay. paper. So nice. Cool. What drew you to watercolor as your uh, painting medium?
0: Um, Really getting into to these two um, <clears throat> different styles that I'm focused on now with the watercolor was just... The images that I started being inspired to want to paint, I just knew I that was the only medium that worked for okay. what I was seeing in my yeah. mind. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: that's great. Um, with um, this is a complete side note, but it's something I've interviewed a few different artists now, and every time they say the word charcoal, I always imagine them <laughs> drawing with like a big <laughs> chunk of wood that's just charcoalized and drawing, and I'm like, that seems so difficult. <laughs>
0: Well, I have tried that before, but that's not what I was using. <laughs> oh, it's usually, it's called Conti, too. It's like a hard-pressed charcoal. Okay. More like a pastel colors. Okay. Or black and, and white. Um, there are different thicknesses and different soft to hardness that you can buy. But okay. But usually it's the harder Conti, Conti pastel, so... Okay. Yeah. Nice. They're thin little sticks. Okay. It's <laughs> not a big hunk of wood.
1: <laughs> <sighs> so, um, so when you're talking about like um, so abstract versus kind of more, you know, scene oriented or things like that, what kind of drew you to the abstract side? Hmm.
0: That's a good question. I think just after, personally, for me, just after years of. I think doing what I maybe saw others doing or in school, that was just what you're trained on the skill of it. Once you have the skills and the training, just it's hard to, I think, break out of that, Mm -hmm. I guess, um, from my experience. And then valuing that uh, to break away and just valuing your artistic response to something or your expression of Mm -hmm. it rather than just trying to achieve a look of something. I don't know if that makes sense. So being more inspired of the, the emotion and capturing the colors and how I want to feel when I'm looking at the painting and what I'm trying to express. So I think just finding more freedom in that and just the actual process is more freeing to do it abstractly and Mm -hmm. sometimes just see what happens. I can have an idea in my mind, but if I'm actually trying to make something look exactly like the photograph that I'm looking at just washes all of the fun and (laughs) artistic (laughs) process for me. Yeah. Just personally.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think I love that explanation too of, um, because <clears throat> when you see a sunset, especially on Kameno um, or in the Northwest, you see these beautiful sunsets or you see the mountains or you see these things that, you know, I'll pull up, you know, I've got an iPhone, I'll pull out my camera, take a picture. And like, you look at the picture, like, well, that's not really what you feel or see when you see that, like it's, it's a representation, but it's not truly it. And that idea of. Trying to paint more the create the emotional feel that you feel when you see that rather than the exact imagery of what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really cool. That's a great way to kind of explain that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when you when you're looking at other people's art and stuff, do you tend to go more towards other artists that are doing the abstract side, or do you kind of focus on the other side?
0: Hmm. For what I would personally want in my home, yeah, probably. or
1: or if you go through a gallery or something,
0: sure. I have to honestly say I really, I really truly enjoy looking at all of it. I can completely appreciate the detailed paintings because I, I, I know that's so difficult, and I can respect that. And I visually appreciate it and like what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. But I love. I love abstract work too. I think it it just all inspires me. I don't know what other artists might feel about that, but especially walking through the commons or just anywhere walking through Mm. an art gallery just inspires me, even if something seems like harsh or I don't don't understand, it just makes me feel invited to figure it out and just pursue it and ask questions. I just find it fascinating no matter what style art it is nice. So not really maybe the answer of preference that you wanted, but yeah, I just, it all inspires me. I yeah. think so.
1: No, that's, I, yeah. And I, the reason I asked that question is because, and if you talk to Lydia about this, she'll tell you, um, I always struggle. I mean, my background's engineering, so I'm very scientific, <laughs> okay. you know, fact, data, uh-huh. all that. Um, <laughs> so a lot of times when I look at abstract paintings and I'm trying to get better, but like, I get so lost and I'm like, I don't, I don't really get this.
0: (laughs) I completely understand. My husband's an engineer. He is a civil engineer. And that has been a fun part of our marriage, too, (laughs) is that he was not in any way interested in art. I think he would confess to this. (laughs) So it was pretty amusing. Opposites attract, for sure, sometimes. (laughs) So as the engineer major, it was definitely a new thing to be dating an art major. And he has grown a lot. He'll even go to galleries with me now and not... Probably not prefer anything he sees, but is willing to go. So, and he really is good and he is my biggest cheerleader. So it's, it's fun, I think, to have different perspectives. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. No, we've, we've we've had artists that are (laughs) abstract that I've looked at and I'm like, I, I'm confused. So Lydia (laughs) now will very purposely like be like, Brandon, this is, this is something I think you would really enjoy. And I'll be like, thanks. (laughs) so um very cool um so um so then as you've kind of grown um you said you started in uh, a few years ago what was it like for you then to really step out and decide okay I'm gonna try and make this turn this into a business what was that like for you uh
0: it happened really fast and was like being on a roller coaster it was really scary in a way because I did not know what I was doing but I could not have done it without my, with my husband. um Definitely, but really exciting. I mean, I I can't even tell you how exciting it is because I I just never anticipated doing art as as a business. Is I think it's totally different nowadays. You know, thirty years ago in college, I just didn't personally know many artists trying to make a living at that. It was just few and far between. And if you get your art in a official gallery then that was kind of the only option that I saw at that point really or being yeah. an art professor and now just with social media and everything moving to online and just so many computer graphics there's just so many avenues Etsy etc so many places to have and a host your art and for people to see it is just a totally different ball game I I don't think that I could be doing it without that so yeah um that was opened up at just the right time I feel like really thankful for just the timing of pursuing it I guess so it happened really fast and super exciting and a weird thing as an artist to say yes I'm an artist and not be afraid to say that (laughs) (laughs) you know it's just a weird thing that we do
1: yeah so that's great so um when you started uh, or I guess not when you um what was it like then, because um, you had started doing this and really pursuing it, and then 2020 hits, and it kind of shuts everything down. What was that like? Did you feel, like, defeated at that time, or did you, did, you, did it redouble your efforts in that?
0: Um, I can honestly say I don't think it slowed a whole lot down, because so much is online. I feel like <clears throat> my learning, I'm in an art mentoring program um, with Lydia, Okay, uh, and it was, it's just so inspiring and a lot of that's online. And I think uh, community engagement with the artistic community is on there and a lot of mentoring. And so the learning aspect, just to keep motivated and stay in the loop and not feel isolated, I guess that way. And then putting my art out, you know, social media is still available as far as the markets and getting out in the public. I think that was definitely challenging, but mm-hmm. I saw my community find ways to make that happen, even just or put off, you know, to a later date. But it still happened during the year. It's definitely slowed down, but we actually saw our community really in the things that were hosted and happened were just um, that year business-wise and and just financially. People just wanted to support local artists and local businesses. It was really amazing. So yeah. I don't feel like... It really hindered a whole lot and definitely challenged. I think creative people to just take it as an opportunity to grow and either double down and and spend time creating more at home, brainstorming, or um, and just preparing for the next season, or just seeing how you can roll with it. We had friends that would just do online galleries. They would just host it out of their home, or you know, just transferring that pivoting so yeah it was really inspiring i think to see how people responded to that and and our community i know really did i was really thankful for that support so
1: very cool is there a lot of um galleries and stuff in your community
0: there are a couple in wenatchee in the larger town not any that i know of in my small little town Kashmir. but in wenatchee there are a couple and we have art walks on the first friday of the month so okay
1: Nice. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, <clears throat> I was just actually talking to, uh, in another interview to someone who said, um, you know, they were starting a, a, their comedy career out and then like the pandemic and everything. And they said they looked at it as an opportunity because these master comedians that they had looked up to were, had free time. And so they started like some online classes and mm-hmm. tutor, you know, they would do these things that they would never have done had there not been that, you know, pandemic. And mm-hmm. so um it's really in the outlook of how you look at things and people have mm-hmm. decided either it's over like I can't make it through or they they looked at the opportunity of look I have access to people that I would never have had access to mm-hmm. prior to this and so um for sure yeah I think it's really neat how people have adapted to all of this so
0: mm-hmm.
1: nice so <clears throat> um looking ahead for 2022 then and, and kind of beyond um, what do you kind of see as your your next steps? What's kind of your future as as you continue to go on this journey?
0: Hmm. Well, <laughs> I have a lot of dreams, I guess that way, but really do not know what is in store. I feel I feel like it's just beginning. I'm just I'm open to whatever happens next. I guess just still pursuing the mediums I'm working in, but open to doing finding more galleries and. Um, developing relationships with people and doing more commission work i love doing that i love um meeting people and getting into their homes and painting from their perspective from mm-hmm. their their home their views um painting more more landscapes around the northwest it just brings me a lot of joy and finding going to the places hiking the places that i'll be painting with family or friends it's just inspiring but as far as Maybe business wise, I have no idea. I'm just <laughs> along for the ride, and really inspired every day to see what opportunity opens up because every year has been different. Yeah. So
1: yeah, do you try um, do you try out other different mediums like oil painting and other forms just to kind of see that perspective?
0: Mm-hmm. For sure, I tried oil painting, and have acrylics, and um, I've tried alcohol ink, and gosh, I can't think now gouache and um really wanted to get into sculpture. I live two doors down from another artist, um sculptorist and she's amazing. They're amazing and um really want to dig into that too and try that out maybe okay. this year. So.
1: Very cool. What type of sculpture? Like uh stone?
0: Um or- no, just freeform clay building okay. and then bronze casting and
1: yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very cool. And do you feel like as you, you kind of expand in other different forms of art and stuff, does that, when you go back to your base medium, do you feel like you have new creativity and new viewpoints?
0: I think definitely I end up feeling more inspired and enjoy working with the medium that I'm, I'm working in, but definitely, um, yeah, it definitely stretches me Yeah, for sure. Nice.
1: Okay, so tell us about the pieces that you're bringing to the loft for the show.
0: I believe I have... Um, do you mean the titles of them or just story?
1: Uh, well, yeah, if you have anything? stories, that'd be oh, great. Well. But if you have titles and...
0: <laughs> uh, this- yeah, I think I have Mount Baker, Artist Point, and Blue Lake North Cascades, which is over by Winthrop. Okay. Um, let me see. Several from Plain, Washington. It's mm-hmm. just up in the mountains. And... Let me think there's one mount Rainier I just finished, so yeah okay, I think that that's all it's kind of a kind of a smaller wall, so that's all that's all I could fit. Some of them are pretty large pieces, so yeah, mm-hmm. nice
1: cool and and um so like when you do the because you talked about doing the glue and stuff, so do you glue out kind of the shape of the like like say like uh, Mount Baker, would you glue out the shape of Mount Baker and then paint around that?
0: Pretty much, I try to see it and lay it out in positive negative space. So where the light light is and different features. So and then just adding into that, just the abstract the lines that I find important when I look at it. Just um, part of it's free flowing, and then part of it's looking at the shapes and positive negative space.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. very cool. Well, I'm excited to see them all. Um, <laughs> I saw a really quick glimpse when we were up there, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to look at the wall when it's all put together. Um, All right. Well, awesome. I like to finish every podcast with some rapid fire questions. So the first one is what purchase of a hundred dollars or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months?
0: Oh, wow. That's probably a tie. Can I say a few? Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Um, I'd say the first one is honestly taking my sons out for a date on their own. That Mm -hmm. has been the sweetest thing. So they're teenagers. Two of them are um, just one-on-one taking them out for breakfast has honestly been one of the best gifts this year. I just started doing that. So um, I can honestly say that. And then a fun Christmas present that we got our whole family were Universal Yums. Have you heard of that? No. It is so fun. Um, (laughs) Well, my husband and I like to travel, see new places and countries and learn about cultures. And this is just a fun way to bring the kids into it. It's this box, almost shoebox size. Okay. Um, And you just get a subscription for the year and every month it comes with a different country Okay, that's the focus and you have uh, like a trivia booklet and recipe suggestions and fun facts about the country and then different snacks and little candy bars different things from that country to focus yeah. on, and then we'll make dinner from that country that night, listen to music from it, just make it kind of educational fun. But yeah, and you're supposed to rate the what you like in the box. Some are weird, some are really good, but it's just a great conversation piece. And learning about cultures it's really one of my favorite things that we do as a family. So, yeah, that's yeah. great.
1: We did, um. We had, it was a different name, but it was a snack box from around the world. It didn't have all mm-hmm. the di- other stuff. It just had, like, um, mainly candies, but a few different snack things from different countries and stuff like that. And that was, um, at, whenever we do travel or whatever, that's, one of the first things I do is, like, go to the grocery store and just yes. see what types of snacks and weird things they have. Yes, so. that is fun. Nice. Yep. All right. Uh, who is the most influential person outside of your family in your life?
0: Wow. that. That is a hard question. Now, or it's really simple. So, I have to be honest. Um, yeah, personally, for me, I can I can think of a lot of encouraging friends and inspirational friends that um, give advice, or I would go to. But I honestly have to say, my best friend that pours into me is there every time I ask a question, and you know, is provided everything art wise if I have any decisions and my best friend is honestly the person of Jesus. And I know that'll probably make some people feel uncomfortable, but I got to be true to myself. And, yeah. and that's really honestly, for me, I couldn't be doing this without him where my own inspiration comes from. So yeah, definitely. That's, nice. that's what it is for me.
1: Very cool. How, how does that, as you do your art and everything, how does that influence how you're, you're seeing it and how you project it into your art?
0: Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, absolutely everything. Like, really, I. this whole new change of the abstract and seeing things differently completely just was inspired by him, really. I mean, I would wake up having dreams of what to paint next and in the day just keep getting these images. And um, uh, I have another series of kind of inspirational art, hand lettering, different different things um also just keep getting flooded by these ideas and I I think that he's influenced all my all my life but just in a different way the last few years and um definitely just how I'm seeing things and what I get excited about and even in the process of doing it I feel like I learn a lot and I connect to God that way and in nature so kind of in every way I feel like influences that process yeah that's awesome
1: all right Um, so this next question is like a fill in the blank question Mm -hmm. uh so the question is i know this is weird but i've always wanted to (laughs) blank.
0: i did see this question before and i thought oh my goodness i thought about it for a long time (laughs) and i can't think of anything too weird i thought i should ask my husband what have i said before that (laughs) was so weird i i really can't think other than Dreams I've had where I'm flying, I think it'd be really fun to fly, not on a plane, but just fly. Yeah. (laughs) Be able to fly without a jetpack or anything. Uh, That's all I can think of. Yeah.
1: No, that's great. Um, Who is an interesting or fascinating person that I should interview next?
0: Hmm. So does this have to be someone local or? It can be,
1: it can really be anywhere. Anybody. Yeah.
0: Well, I would say the most interesting person that I know that would just be fun to listen to about anything is my original piano teacher. When I was eight years old, I started piano, and I st- we still are friends with her and know her now, but she's just a hoot and just one of the funnest people to be around. I'd love to hear how she answers all these things. But, okay. Um, but also, um, I would love... I would really... I haven't looked into it, but I would love to know the... Um, I would love to hear you interview relatives of tribal people from the first peoples on Camino Island this mm-hmm. area i'd love to know their history and what yeah just hearing from them about this area cuz yeah. i don't
1: know yeah that'd, that'd be really that'd be really fascinating cuz it's um we do have a lot of like um, like a lot of the names of the areas mm-hmm. around, not just on Camino, but like, uh, you know, still a and mm-hmm. uh, Swinomish and you've got these names of tribes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know a whole lot on the Camino side, but it was very active. I mean, there was a lot of fishing and mm-hmm. things like that. So um, yeah, that would be great. Love
0: I'll, to have to hear a l- I'll have to look into that. Yeah, yeah for sure.
1: All right. <clears throat> and lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20 year old self? <laughs>
0: Oh, so many. (laughs) I think probably just to not not worry. I know we hear that a lot, but to not not worry and maybe the decisions that, the big decisions in life and even the ones that you question a lot and think about looking back. Either if we made the wrong decision, then it's stuff still worked out and Mm -hmm. somehow... You know, there's a, nothing's impossible to change. There's nothing beyond redemption. So I guess those things that I wish I'd chosen differently, it still works out in the end. It's still going to be okay. And the other decisions that I did make that I feel like were right, I wish I hadn't wasted all that time worrying. So yeah. I guess just to trust trust your decision, or once you make a decision, just let it go. Yeah. So
1: That's very good. I think a lot of... Um, younger people for sure that's like you've got these decision point marks of um, end of high school like what are you gonna where are you gonna go to college what do you want to do with the rest of your life and that's that's a big question for someone that's just out of high school like okay now choose something that you're gonna do for the rest of your life and you Mm -hmm. can't change it at least that's how it's presented Mm -hmm. and so that's that's a lot of um, pressure to put on someone especially that young For sure. So that's very good. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today.
0: Thank you. It was really fun.
1: Yeah, it was great having you. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Allison Lewis for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. For more information on this episode, you can go to minocommons.com slash podcast. That's minocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.